Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast. And today we are talking about post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth recognizing that we are still living in the realities of the coronavirus. And while all of those things are going on, or also for future listeners who are in the face or in the aftermath of other forms of trauma and difficulty, for us to be mindful of the very real possibility as we come home to ourselves of growing, growing in the midst of and growing in the aftermath Uh, very difficult experiences. So many of you may be familiar with post-traumatic stress. And in another episode, we talked about the different ways that we can be affected by trauma, and it may show up in depression or anxiety and addiction and self-harming behaviors. But we also want to be very mindful of the very real reality of post-traumatic growth. And I want to talk with you about uh, the factors that help us to grow and then the ways in which we can grow as we continue on this journey together. And so let us first just center in because I know that everyone has a lot on their plate emotionally and perhaps even in the material realm, many demands and roles and concerns. And so let us take sacred pause and give ourselves gratitude that we are taking this moment, this season to nourish ourselves, to feed ourselves, to feed our minds, our hearts, our spirits, that even with everything that is going on, we recognize that our healing is important, that we matter that our wellness matters, our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our spirit. And so we are grateful to have this moment, this moment in time to be present with ourselves. And we are grateful that we have this community, that we are journeying together. And what a gift to know that across the world, there are people not only dealing with a pandemic, but that there are people on the journey back home to themselves as we are on this journey as well. And that is good news in the midst of difficult times. That is very good news. So one of the things I want you to know about post-traumatic growth is that it can coexist with trauma symptoms. So sometimes we have believed 
from the language around recovery that I will be traumatized and then I will be all better, never have any more distress and just happy and purposeful and peaceful and great sleep and everything is wonderful. Well, I want you to know the human condition uh, is more complex than that and there are layers and nuance to it. And so for you to be aware that you can have areas of growth, even as we may have uh, aspects of despair, meaning you may still have challenges with your sleep and actually experience some growth emotionally or spiritually at the same time, that uh, you may still deal with uh, some panic attacks. Hopefully those are going down if they have not subsided. But even having panic attacks, I can also uh, still have growth. And so for us to have a um, more realistic, well-rounded picture of what our lives look like in the midst of trauma and in the aftermath of trauma is that uh, these things can coexist. So I don't want you to wait until you have no more worry and no more depression before you think, well, now I can have some growth or now I can have something positive in my life. Uh, that even as we are working through the challenging symptoms of distress while we continue to face the pandemic, uh, that there can be simultaneous growth. And then the second thing I want you to know about post-traumatic growth is that it is important to give the acknowledgement um, or the credit uh, to our internal selves in terms of as a result of our psychology and our spirituality and our community supports and our cultural resources, that those are the things that allow us to grow. Uh, because if we're not careful, people will start giving credit to the trauma. And you want to be careful about that framing where we'll say things like, well, I'm glad this terrible thing happened to me because it made me strong or it made me a better person. And that is not fully accurate because if it is just the trauma that makes us better, then everyone who is traumatized would be living a great and wonderful and beautiful life. So uh, the trauma has created um, a, a, a moment in our lives or an opportunity where then in this moment we choose to apply our minds, our spirits, our community, our cultural resources for our good and for our growth. Yes. So uh, the the benefit or the blessing that can come from it is not uh, solely that we want to put it on the shoulders of violation or violence or illness, um, but what we do in the aftermath and what is given to us in the aftermath or in the midst of it uh, that can help us grow. So what are some factors or some qualities that can help us to grow in the midst of or in the aftermath of trauma? Uh, one of them is a sense of optimism 
uh, but realistic optimism. So it's not denial. It's not pretending that we are not in a pandemic, um, but recognizing these events are happening. Um, but I choose optimism over helplessness, right? So I have a sense of, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't even know the timeline uh, of how that is going to unfold, um, but I choose to believe that this will not be always, that uh, this is a moment in time, this is a season, this is a challenge that I am uh, currently experiencing, and I choose to uh, cultivate my hope. And so what that will look like, uh, what my uh, wellness will look like, what my life will look like, the details of that may change because trauma does have an impact. But I uh, have hope that I can still experience some goodness in my life that I can still experience uh, some growth and wellness, some connection, some community, some purpose in my life. And that can take work. But one of the things that can help us uh, to have that optimism is to think about not just all of the bad things that have happened in the past, but then to see that you outlive them. That is the remarkable thing. It's like when I replay my life, there are so many events that have occurred uh, that were difficult or that were painful. But if I just stop the tape at the events, if I just list the terrible events, uh, then I will be in a place of hopelessness, powerlessness, uh, and pessimism. But when I see those moments and then I catch a glimpse and I remember myself having moments after those moments uh, where I was able to tap into my joy, where I was able to tap into my agency or empowerment, when I was able to use my voice, when I was able to be uh, compassionate, even after all of those things, for me to still have uh, compassion, what a miracle. And I will say it to you uh, that we are living breathing miracles, that it is remarkable what we have already gotten through and not perfectly, not without scars or wounds, uh, but here we are. And so to appreciate that can help us to move from a sense of powerlessness to a sense of optimism and hope for the future. Another piece that helps us in our growth is to recognize that there are things I have control over. So there um, are internal and external um, locus of control. And so uh, if I solely have an external locus of control, then I believe everyone else and everything else gets to have the final say in my life. So I am just a vehicle or I'm a vessel that people do things to, but I don't ever get to act, to speak, to do, right? Um, if I have solely an internal locus of control, then sometimes that can be a denial of the realities of trauma and oppression, but we may say um, it, nothing that anyone does matters, it's only me. 
um, what I would really encourage us to uh, approach this issue of control from a balanced perspective is there are events that have happened in my life and there are events that will happen in the future that were not my choosing, right? That uh, other people, systems, entities have had an impact and yet I am not powerless, that there are ways in which I am able to take steps to shape my life, that there are ways in which I have been able to go after some of my goals or dreams or visions and seeing uh, things to completion to see them manifest. There are ways in which I have envisioned something and been able uh, with the supports of community or internal, external cultural resources, uh, been able to make some things happen. And so, yes, trauma is real. The pandemic is real. Oppression is real. And I am not uh, just a victim of my circumstance, that there are uh, very real ways for me to move in the earth realm to create some things out of my life and with my life. And so to begin to consider within yourself, what are some things that you went after? Some things that you did and you may have had support or you may not have had support. Um, it may, some of the things were easier than others. Uh, but we have the capacity to have an impact on our world. We have the capacity to have an impact on events and even in our relationships uh, that, that we are uh, a living being as we relate to people and that we have the capacity, the agency, the power to shape some outcomes. And so to tune into what you can do, right? I cannot tell you uh, when the quarantine will be lifted. I cannot tell you when schools will restart, but I do take authority over my day in the ways in which I am able to take authority over my focus or what I am attending to or the ways I talk to myself about myself. Uh, and so being gentle and compassionate with myself and with others, uh, being mindful and thoughtful about what I give my engagement to in terms of feeding my mind and my spirit. And so what are the things even uh, in the midst of a pandemic that you are able to do. And so as I become aware of that, it creates an opportunity for me to actually grow. Not only that, but our coping styles affect the ways in which we grow or the possibility of growth. So sometimes we do problem-solving coping, and sometimes we have emotion-focused coping, and sometimes we have avoidant coping. So sometimes I'm trying to figure out like what I need to do to fix this, and sometimes the way I cope is to be able to soothe my emotions and provide uh, support for myself, compassion and tenderness to myself. Uh, and then there are sometimes we cope by trying to think about something else. 
So as I said, not having the news on all day, every day, uh, because that puts you in a certain mindset. So I want to be informed, but I also need to connect with some other things besides uh, the, the reality of the virus. So the balance with that is uh, none of those three um, are all bad, right? So sometimes you may choose to take your mind off things, distraction. Sometimes you're nurturing and soothing yourself and just letting yourself cry or letting yourself feel the fear. And then sometimes you're in problem solving mode of, I need to figure out another stream of income, or I need to figure out uh, how I'm going to get these supplies that I now need uh, given the limited resources that I may have at the current moment. And so all of those things are a balancing act, but we want to be careful that we don't go into uh, avoidance to the point of denial. So when people are talking themselves out of the reality, uh, we don't want to go into the coping a defense mechanism of taking out our frustration on other people. And we know during these times that domestic violence is on the rise, child abuse is on the rise. And so people are taking out their anger and their frustration um, on others. And so that is not healthy, um, that it's not healthy. We talked about in our last episode, two episodes ago, if I am medicating uh, my pain with my addiction um, in ways that are detrimental to my physical and mental health. Um, so the ways in which I choose to cope uh, can affect whether or not this is a growth period for me or whether this is a decline right? And so being mindful and thoughtful about what am I doing with this distress Distress, and ultimately the same way that uh, physicians, medical doctors make a vow, a covenant, a promise to do no harm, that that is what I would like to offer myself. That some days and some moments are going to be more difficult than others, but the ways in which I'm choosing to cope, I want to try to choose those mechanisms, whether mentally or behaviorally, whether the way I think or the way I act, I want to choose those things that are nourishing for me, that build me up, uh, that are not detrimental to my wellness. I do not want to sabotage my health and my wellness, uh, especially in this season. And then we can also promote post-traumatic growth by having a strong sense of self. So self-awareness and self-acceptance are very important for growth. When I am burdened and overcome with shame and self-blame, it will be very difficult for me to grow. Yes. So we had a prior episode on dealing with shame. And if you're not listening to the program in order, I encourage you to go back and check out the piece on shame because we really want to get to a place of accepting who we are. Even we talked about forgiving ourselves if there are things that we are condemning ourselves about. And so really to get to a place of recognizing my being and really uh, building up my self-esteem and self-worth so that, and here it is, self-esteem and self-worth don't require perfection, right? It doesn't mean that I'm saying I'm perfect and I always made the right decision, 
No, but I look at myself through the eyes of compassion and grace, and I I pull the wisdom out of my wounds. So I have some self-inflicted wounds, and I have some wounds that were uh, created by other people and circumstances. Uh, And I choose to pull the wisdom out of those experiences, to love on myself, and to go uh, into first in the present, embracing the present. And as I am going forward with a sense of appreciation Uh, for this mind, this heart, this body, this spirit that has been with me and that uh, while it has not always looked uh, perfect or neatly packaged, um, has helped me to survive, right? I am still here and that is a gift. So then what are the ways that the growth can uh, show up? One of the ways that we end up seeing growth is in terms of personal strength. So one important aspect of our growth is in strength and uh, recognizing there are some things we didn't know we could do. There are some things we didn't know we could get through until we were in this circumstance. And so what are the things you are discovering about yourself? About And usually we go to the negative, right? But I'm not asking for the criticism not the self-critique, but what are some things that you just have had to figure out that you have had to manage that you have? We often take those things for granted. So the things that we manage to do, we think they're not a big deal. And we often just focus on the things uh, that were beyond us. But I encourage you to consider uh, the strength, the empowerment that you have had, even in the midst of this. Now, here's here it is. Strength and empowerment uh, does not mean I have felt no no anxiety. It doesn't mean um, that I've had shed no tears. Right? I can uh, have moments of tearfulness. I can have moments of anxiety, and yet it actually is even more amazing to me. And what an indicator of strength that even living with anxiety and or depression uh, that you got up, that you were able to fix something to eat for yourself, for your children or family, uh, that even while things are not perfect for you, that you had the generosity of spirit to call and check on somebody else or that you gave yourself permission to say no to some request or to give yourself permission for the revolutionary act of taking a nap, right? So considering how has your strength been showing up in this circumstance? Another area of growth that we can see uh, post-trauma or in the midst of trauma is our social connections and relationships, that we're able to relate and connect in a whole nother way. It's interesting, people who had been very quiet or had difficulty uh, talking or expressing themselves, when we are not able to see each other uh, physically, then often we are relying on these mechanisms, the phone or these platforms uh, where we're engaging and communicating and expressing ourselves in deeper ways and new ways um, that we are getting in touch with 
who we really appreciate and what it is like to really trust or what it is like to open up, what it is like even to desire connection, uh, whether you have it or not. That is a new level of emotional intelligence to be tuned into yourself in that way as it relates to relationship. And so we come out of this and even in the midst of it, uh, being really keenly aware of what it means to support each other, what it means to receive. And that's been a growth area for some of us. Some of us are used to being the doers or givers, but circumstances like this put you in a place where you actually uh, do need some things. And then are you able to receive it? Are you able to even communicate your needs? This is so, so important. And even people getting revelations about uh, relationships that they want to uh, invest in and even friendships or relationships that people in these moments step away from, step out of because they gain clarity. So you might be getting some clarity about um, my friendships. You might be getting clarity about your connection to family or even disconnection from family, that uh, that knowledge and that awareness is an area of growth. Another area of growth is uh, new opportunities. And so we, uh, many of us have plans for this year, for this season, for this age that you are, uh, for this period of your life. And uh, the timetable has been shifted. And some people are not only coming up with a new timeline, but also with a new vision, right? When we start to really consider uh, the sacredness, uh, the, the finite aspects of time, it makes you really ponder, what am I doing with my life? And do I want to continue on that path? So whether I may continue on it with new enthusiasm, or I may say this is my opportunity for shifting, to open myself up to uh, a new career, a new pathway, a new way of being. So being open to change, being open to transformation, that is a, an important part of growth. There are just two more aspects we want to touch on in terms of post-traumatic growth. The next one is us growing in our appreciation for life, in our gratitude. And I see so many people posting about not taking things for granted that we have been taking for granted, right? There are things that we just didn't even consider of what it meant to gather, what, what it meant to be able to just run to the store without thinking much of it, what it meant to be able to embrace a loved one. Um, there were so many things that we, or even people that we took for granted, that we have a newfound appreciation for, gratitude for, and really valuing life, right? That life is a gift, a new day can be a gift. And so it allows us to shift our perspective and our framework uh, for the simple things too. So it's the bigness, the vastness of life, 
But then there are the sinful pleasures, you know, the things that we didn't think were such a big deal, but that you miss being able to do. Or some things maybe you didn't do very much, but now that you cannot do them, your thought is like, oh, wow, that is something I really want to go after. And then a final aspect of growth that we see in post-trauma periods um, or even during the trauma is growth in our spirituality. And trauma, difficulty, uh, challenges, they put us in a place of needing to reframe uh, or stretch and expand or shift um, our spiritual beliefs and practices that when we have had beliefs or practices that have only been cultivated uh, separate from difficulty, they can lack a certain depth uh, because it is kind of easy to do when like everything is going the way I want it to go. Uh, But when life shows up, it forces us to really consider, what do I really believe? You know, what do I really value? I may say I value some things, but in in the aftermath of this, what do I really value? And then expanding my repertoire of what spiritual practices really nourish me. You know, many of us were used to uh, spiritual practices that were in the collective, right? So gathering in temples or church or mosque um, or yoga studios or wherever you were going to nourish your spirit. But when we are um, forced to stay in our homes, it really can send us inward in cultivating that interior spiritual space or also using technology to connect with uh, communities of faith. But uh, for many of us, our ways of praying or meditating, um, our ways of Uh, practicing our spiritual traditions can be transformed, expanded, deepened uh, during these periods. And so I am grateful for the opportunity to grow and for the possibility of growth for me to recognize and for us to recognize that when my world gets turned upside down or when I have been living with long-term, complex, sustained, ongoing trauma and or oppression, that while it is important for me to recognize uh, the consequences on my health, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and for me to address those as I uh, work toward healing and recovery, it is also essential and important as I journey home to myself, as I climb over the trauma, through the trauma, under the trauma to get back home to me, it is so important for me to recognize the possibility of my own growth and to invest in that, in my time, in my energy, in my resource, in my effort, and undergirding that with an optimism or a hope with a sense that I can make choices and I do have agency, with a sense that I am moving away from shame into self-acceptance. And out of those things, my flourishing and my thriving and our growth 
is within reach. So I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs>